0: Welcome to Living For Him Podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart. Subscribe for future episodes and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy! So as we saw in the
1: video just now, um, the birth of Jesus was a powerful moment, amen? When the shepherds came after the angel choir sung, glory to God the highest, right? Peace on earth goodwill will to men." And they came and found Jesus, and they found Mary, and they found Joseph. And after this amazing encounter, they go and they tell everybody that they can find about Jesus. That was a powerful moment, would you agree? And if we add, as we continue throughout this, this this retelling of the birth story of Jesus, we remember the story, uh, contrary to popular belief in many nativity scenes, uh, in many movies, even we saw that beautiful song in the clip, but they were not there when the, when, the, when the baby was born. They were not there uh, immediately on the, when the shepherds came. They can actually uh, pass almost two years later from the story we're going to talk about today. Uh, maybe a little bit later in the story. But that whole story about the wise men coming from the east, coming from the Mesopotamia region, uh, so that was a powerful moment. They come to Jerusalem, right? Where is he? Born of the king of the Jews. The people that know the scripture, know the Sabbath school lesson, hello. They directed them exactly where to find him because that was their very verse that morning. Go down to Bethlehem. That's very, this powerful moment, right? Okay. But how many of us realize uh, that the story wasn't over there? That, 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 that there was more to the birth story of Jesus? What about what happened immediately after His birth. That's what I want us to encounter today. I want you to come with me into the story as we're there with Mary and Joseph. Powerful moment. Wow, Jesus is born. I cannot believe this is God in the flesh. And then according to the law of Moses, according to Torah, they take Jesus and they go eight days after he was born. They circumcise him. Ouch. And then they register his name and they bring and they call him Jesus according to the, the name given by the angel. It means Yahweh saves. And then he goes now to the temple to be dedicated. Like many of us, we see babies dedicated here. We're through pastors all the time. Amen? Because the kingdom is growing biologically. Amen? Amen. And now we enter into 40 days later, again, according to the law of Moses there. 40 days later, the purification offering was to bring a lamb. And you're going to bring that? Uh, on behalf of the mother and the, and, the, and, the, and the father, and you bring that to the temple. The priests want to go ahead and officiate and do what they do ceremonially. And so Mary and Joseph, uh, they're poor. The, the story tells us that they brought the two turtle and they brought the pigeons, right? And so they brought that now to the temple. And what that's basically telling you there in Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to about 24, is that Mary and Joseph are faithful in Israel. That's basically what that's telling you. They are faithful followers of Yahweh. Mom and dad are poor, but they are rich in faith, and they take Jesus now to get him dedicated to present him before the Lord. And when they get there, here's the thing that you're going to find here that's that's implied in the story. It's not explicit; it's implicit. You don't get the name of any of the priests. You don't get the priest saying something profound and prophesying that, oh, the Christ is showed up. Everybody get the paparazzi. Bring out everybody at Vienna's, in Vienna's music ministry. We need to worship now because he's here. You don't get any of that from the priests. As a matter of fact, what's implied in the story is that they're going about the motions. They're going about the liturgy and the ritual. They're doing the ceremony. They do what they do every Sabbath. Here comes another baby. Register the name. Boom, this one is Yeshua, Joshua, Jesus. Register the name. I don't have time to go into it, but if you read Desire of Angels, as Ellen is telling the story, she basically says they go about doing what they normally do, completely oblivious and aloof. And if you were to look into the history and the context of what's happening around this time, The faithfulness of Mary and Joseph is in stark contrast to the unfaithfulness of the priests at this time, the leaders. on on the outside, they had position. On the outside, they wanted to maintain their traditions rigorously. But they missed the moment. The Christ showed up. They missed the moment when the future and everything that surrounded their economy and everything that was that was captured in all of their ceremony and ritual and, and high church if you will, was all wrapped up in Christ who was right there before them and they missed the moment. This young person that was presented before them, whose name they registered, they passed on, next young person, next baby. No mention of their name. And it's implied because you see the ceremony being conducted there. Who's doing it? The priests are. But, as we're about to find out, two faithful followers of Jesus show up we know their names. They're the ones that are remembered in the story. How does that happen? How do we miss the moment, especially, listen, when it comes to our young people? How do we miss the moment? Come with me. Luke chapter 2, beginning verse 25. Someone is there living in Jerusalem who does not miss the moment. says in verse 25, and behold, that means look, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. His name was what? Simeon. Listen to his profile. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Listen to this. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms. Pause. I want you just for a moment, compare Simeon for a second with Mary and Joseph, and you'll notice both are faithful. You see what the story is bringing out? He is just, right? He is devout. He's not only faithful; he is waiting in expectation of something. This is coming out of somebody's pew this morning the Seventh Adventist, right? He's waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's just cold word. For He's waiting for the coming Messiah. And the salvation and the deliverance and the comfort, right? And the peace that he's going to bring. The justice that he's going to bring. And the righteousness that he's going to bring. He's waiting for it. And here's something that that, that that will be helpful to some of us that are now on the cusp of the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's because it was filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? repeated? At least three times he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He is led by the Holy Spirit. He's receiving revelation from the Holy Spirit. This man holds no official title there in the temple. He is led by the Holy Spirit into the temple. By the way, because Mary is there, that means that he is not in the the, the inner part of the courts of, 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 of the of the temple, which is where the men are, the, It was called the court of the Israelites, right? Just behind there is the court of the women. What is Simeon doing with a woman? That means he's not in the court of the, the court of Israel where all the men were. He must have been right there by the court of the women. He's breaking tradition, but he's led by the Spirit. He's not following the ritual, but he's looking for Jesus. He's looking for the right thing. And, and, and so the Holy Spirit leads him there, and he does something that if someone had done this, done this to Deidre and I, uh, he would have probably got a, a karate chop right to the arm. Because, uh, you know, and probably this is happening right in front of the priest who's officiating, the priest who was leveled like, okay, next, baby. This guy comes and just scoops Jesus' up in his arms. I, I just need to pause here for a second. That is a holy moment. I often wrestle, I wonder about this. Did he understand that Jesus was more than just a prophesied king that was to come? This was more than just a human king that right? he was holding his arm. So I wonder if the Holy Spirit had also revealed to him, really who this king is. Because here's this man up in age holding the God of creation who spoke galaxies into existence who has now humbled himself and condescended to become a little baby. There's a message here for us. And the message here, my first point is this. Those who are waiting in expectation don't miss the moment because they're willing to be led by the Spirit to see Jesus. They're willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. Not merely some ritual, not merely some going through the motions, not just checking in and out on Sabbath morning and hopefully returning the faithful time and offering, Amen. But they're looking for Jesus. And because they have their eyes on the right thing, they're waiting anticipation not just for some event, not just for what the Vatican is going to do. They are looking for Jesus. And what he is going to accomplish. That's the focus. And listen to this, family. Wherever Jesus is, wherever he is being manifested, whoever he's being manifested in, wherever he's being expounded from Scripture, that's where the Holy Spirit shows up. If you read Scripture, the Holy Spirit is about Jesus. Period. That's when the gladiator is going to pour out. When the church, Revelation 3, in the search of Laodicea, compared with with the three angels' message in Revelation 14, it is all about Jesus is the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. Revelation 18.1 The glory of God that circles the entire earth is because the Holy Spirit is pouring out on his people that are focused, weighing anticipation on Jesus. That's his focus. And therefore the Holy Spirit could lead him, could guide him, could speak to him, will reveal things to him. I wonder was he reading Daniel 9? Where are my Bible students here? Was he reading about Messiah where Daniel prophesied and literally laid it out that come 80, 27, he would be anointed, right? Therefore, if he's working it back and he's looking at the time that they're living in and he's looking at his age and the Holy Spirit says, as he's doing his Bible study, right, as he's going over his notes from the Revelation seminar, he's going, oh, wait a minute. I'm living in... Does it sound like a group of people that were waiting in, in anticipation in 1843 and 1844 like that said a little thing about Daniel? He's waiting for Jesus. But because he's waiting for the right thing, the Holy Spirit brings him to Jesus, and he gets to see Jesus. He gets to hold Jesus. It reminds me of this movie again, that song without, and I think I'm it here just a little bit. But it's this movie based in Africa, and it's about this young boy, and it's like, I think it's The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Am I saying that right? Anybody see that? Netflix, right? The Boy Who Harnessed, oh, is a good film, please. Okay. <laughs> the Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. You remember it? Yeah, yeah, you remember it, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm a hungry joke here, yeah? <laughs> The boy you harvest is the way here it is. It's, it's set in a famine situation. The father is a leader in his village and he has this passion to see his village thrive, right? Um, survive through the family. He's doing everything he can to work the harvest and it's not producing much results. And basically, he is desperate people are, his, his daughter um, elopes with this young boy's teacher and it's just that desperate. I think it's kind of sad initially. It's just really, really desperate, right? And then that his son, his youngest son, is just a genius when it comes to technology. This young man is gifted when it comes to creating things from scraps in the in the in, in, in the that are in the junk pile, right? They're kind of being discarded. He takes them. He gets batteries. He goes to the library. He studies things about electronics and, and science and all these different things, and he creates things. And so. While the adults were here, he while his father's desperately trying to figure out a way to get this village to survive. His younger son sees his struggle. He enters into the same mission address as his father. And he says, I've got the solution. What we need to do is we need to build a windmill, right? And let me make this prototype from this junk that I have. I said like some of our millennials in Generation Z. Let me put something together to accomplish the mission. But his father said, get back in the field. You're not doing it the way I've been doing it. It's not working. But you have not. You're not. You, you get out! You're wasting your time with that stuff. We need to hurry up and we need to survive and eat. And This young man is privately and secretly with his friends, trying to get snaps. and they're coming up with all kinds of stuff. Right? Like they're trying to listen to the game, and, they, and their machine is the radio isn't working. He fixes it. And now they can go and listen to the entire high five. This guy is awesome young so, man in desperation says, Dad, you already saying, I need your bicycle. Because your bicycle has what is needed to build. He made a prototype, right? Dad, in his frustration, took that prototype, threw it on the ground and destroyed it. You're not doing it the way I know how it needs to be done. And son says, Dad, you don't understand. If I can just take what I did with this, and if I can just get your bicycle, bicycle by the way, it was the only bicycle in the village. The only mode of transportation that his dad needed to get supplies, maybe, and stuff that he needs to help the village and his family survive. So, you can know, you put yourself in, 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 in the dad's shoes, how, how desperate of a situation this is. But he was not listening or watching his son. He could not appreciate the gift of this young man. And one day, it was so desperate. People were robbing each other's homes. And this boy comes to his face, Dad, I need your bike. He had his friends with him. And they look like they're about to jump his dad. And dad is like, oh, what, what, oh, they come there, what, what? You're you going to try to come to me and all this kind of stuff? They end up stealing the sickle. okay? No, 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 I take it back. They're they tempted to. It did not happen, but the mother saw the potential of the son. And convinced the father. And long story short, the whole village gets saved. That wind, that windmill. Are you ever saying it was there, right? Windmill. he creates one. It, it literally allows this water to be pumped from a well. The harvest comes in plentiful. Everybody's saved and rejoicing. The dash. It's like what in the world? was I think my son had the solution the entire time. I could not see it. Sometimes I, sometimes. I say this nicely, and the to say it. Sometimes in our pride, because we're familiar with the way something should be done, it becomes hard for us to see. And sometimes the Holy Spirit gives our children Kids, younger generations, to see something, they're entering into the same mission as you. You've discipled them up. Well. Amen, parents, right? Amen, older generation. And so now they're going, okay, well, well, it's now twenty about to be 2020, and now we can do this, right? This way, it'll go a lot faster. We can put an ad out on social media. Instead of mailing out all those brochures, we can now send that same information to people digitally for a, for a huge reduction of the cost. You can go to a little video, we can make a little video and tell people about the this message and the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it can go, it can go viral. But we say, hey, let's go back to how we were doing. Simeon comes led by the Holy Spirit, he enters in, and Simeon does something that when you are led by the Holy Spirit to see Jesus, everybody does that has that encounter, and that is he immediately starts to bless God. And bless the parents. When you have any encounter with Jesus, you're led to love God and others just like Jesus. And all He can do is bless. So we bless God. We just thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to finally see Messiah. I, you know what? I could die now. My purpose and life is fulfilled. I see Him. I'm holding Him right now. Thank you, God. Oh, wait, I can't keep this blessing to myself. Let me give this prophetic now utterance to the mother. Implied that the father is going to eventually pass off the scene. And so now he can see. Because the revelation the leading of the Holy Spirit, now he's going to help Mary see. Your son is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel. In other words, many people, when when you encounter the gospel of Jesus Christ, I don't like when people despise when Jesus comes up from the from the baptism of the joy. She says Jesus' beginning of his prophetic his, um, messianic career was the unsheathing of a sword. Because once the good news the gospel of God's grace, it brings people to decision. And based on what you do with Jesus, you will either rise or fall. Jesus will say things like, "You know, you thought I could bring peace on earth. I tell you now." People in their own households will be divided against each other. That's that's what he says. Okay. In other words, those coming with the good news of God's grace and salvation, not everybody receives it. And so you're either going to rise or fall based on what you do with Jesus. You receive Jesus, you receive grace and all world, kind of wonderful stuff. You reject Jesus in your heart and judgment, just judgment. So God is patient, and is just his son of yours, his destiny. is prepping Mary. And Mary, you need to understand he's going to be opposed. I mean, he's getting revelation right now that most people at this time were not, they were not expecting Messiah to reject Messiah. He's coming with armies, is what they were teaching. They misappropriated the verses about Messiah. He's coming with armies. You're going to be passed if you don't receive Messiah. What are you talking about? No, he will be opposed. And as a matter of fact, a sword will pierce your heart also, Mary. In other words, he will be pierced. In other words, it's going to be a cross before a crown. He's prophesying, right? You know, this is the the gift of prophecy, right? It's about the testimony of Jesus Christ. He is prophesying right now about what the Holy Spirit is essentially about when it comes to the gift of prophecy, Jesus. This is to to him. And after he's finished blessing, the Bible says immediately somebody else enters the scene. And everything you see in this her name is Anna, is from the Hebrew equivalent of Hannah, which means grace and favor. That's telling everything already. And she comes now, and what you discover, what's up, Tommy? What you discover is, is that she is, when you do the numbers, right? She was a widow, right? And she is, uh, she was married for seven years. She goes on beyond of uh, The death of her spouse to live 84 years, she's 105 if you think about the average year or average age that, that the woman was when they got married, about maybe 15, 14 years old. So she's 105. Has she been waiting for a long time? Has she been waiting in anticipation, in expectation? Yes, she has. She is similar to Simeon. She's been waiting a long time. She's of like an older generation, but she understands what the Holy Spirit is speaking in her. young life. But the Bible says that she is a prophetess. She has the gift of communication. You see why? In Judges, second, go down to verse thirty-six. The Bible says, "Now there was a uh, there, there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phineo, of the tribe of Asher." She was of great age. Skip down to verse uh, 30, uh, 37. And this woman was a widow about 84 years and did not depart from the deliverers. She stayed as close to the presence of God as possible. In other words, it's telling you what they told you about Mary and Joseph. They told you about Simeon. She's faithful. And she's in, she's waiting in anticipation of Watch this. She comes in immediately. After the incident with Simeon. And here's what it says. She also blesses God. It says that she gave thanks to the Lord yesterday. Amen. And spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. Here's what I want you to get from that. She does exactly what Simeon does. I just realized I should have been up here. Because I know some people can't see me, but... She does exactly what Simeon does. She blesses God. She blesses others. But instead of just focusing on the parents, now she does what we're supposed to do as we're waiting in expected anticipation. She tells everybody she can that is anticipating coming of the Messiah. I can't keep this good news to myself. I've experienced it, but I can't keep it to myself. It's like good food or good music that you hear, I've got to share with somebody else. And those of us that are waiting expectantly don't miss the moment because we're willing to tell somebody about Jesus. It's kind of like today, like in the graphics today for the sermon. When anything of significance happens, today, what's the first thing that people do? What's the first thing that people do when they see something significant? happening in front of them? What do they got to do? Even if it's terrible, even if it's tragic, whatever's happening, they just got to pull this, because everybody's not going there, right? Nobody's helping, but everybody's. Because not only does she not want to miss the moment, she doesn't want her friends to miss the moment. We need some simians. And we need some adults today who want to pour in, not only to younger generations, but the parents of younger generations, who want to come alongside them, who want to mentor them, who realize this is the future and present of God's people, of the movement. And it's not about how it happened when I came in. God is doing something different. Listen, change is inevitable. watch this. Nothing in God's truth changes. The gospel is the same. The everlasting gospel and the three angels' message is the same gospel Jesus lived and preached. It just has a lasting context, which means there are some things that have changed in time, but the message is the same. We have technology and the internet and all kind of stuff today. Things that we have to face today that people didn't have to face 50 years ago. But it's going to get done. This The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached by your children, by your nephews, teachers, your students. They're probably sitting next to you. They probably are playing. They probably sang today. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world and then shall the end come. Preaching just means to announce coming Messiah. You can announce on the internet. You can announce in a small group. You can announce while you're playing at preschool. My son has learned how to pray, so he's praying whatever he needs to eat. He may be announcing in ways I don't know. do it. Because those of us that are expecting Messiah, the Christ, come up now. Those of us that are expecting the coming of Messiah, don't miss the moment. You know why, we the why we're not going to miss the moment? Those of you that are not going to miss the moment... You're not going to miss the moment because you are led by the Holy Spirit to see Jesus. You're led by the Holy Spirit to see Jesus. You're led by the Holy Spirit to see Jesus. Not, ba- not based on the forms and rituals that you did when you came in. I know we had MV at one point and AY and all this kind of stuff. I, I get it. But, but, but those things are not even in the Bible, by the way. There are wonderful ways in which God designs and inspires us to get the job done. The mission is the, mission is the gospel of the kingdom. Make disciples of all nations, all people. And God, I, I, I'm discovering that as people can debate about the whole thing with Kanye West, all day they want? Let me tell you something. Watch for free. We do need to watch for free. right? But watch this, guys. God is not waiting on us. Please hear me, family. He is not waiting on us. Did he wait for the priests? They said, keep it moving. But he found a 105-year-old woman <laughs> that was waiting. He found a man that didn't have any official position. You could have said, dude, he's old. What is he going to do? He said, no, I recognize what God's doing in this young person. <laughs> That's Jesus. And so he says, let me speak into this man. Let me speak into his parents. Because this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. It's a promise. It's going to happen. It's your kids. It's your children. It's those that are waiting. That are led by the Spirit. That are willing to tell somebody about Jesus. They may do it with their phone. Hopefully that's what they're focusing their phone on. Amen. Amen. I want you to join me in not missing the moment, family. I would have miss the moment want to experience the greatest moment in all of human history by the same Jesus. Don't miss them
0: all. Thank you for listening to Living for Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.